In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I like <coughs> to uh, study tonight introduction to the book of Psalms. Just we give introduction to the book of Psalms. The Psalms of the Bible were composed with divine inspiration. They were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Approximately 2,500 years ago. So which means uh, 500 before Christ. This sacred poetry of praise and lamentation was influenced by the Hebrew people from their own intense experience. The book of Psalms is either praising God or lamentation on one's soul. And the composition of these Psalms were influenced by the experience of Hebrew people, the Israel. It is a poetry of human heart reflecting triumph, victory, desolation, and ordinary affairs of life. So, in any condition condition you go through, whether you feel victorious or defeated, happy or sad, you will find a psalm that fits your experience. The psalms have been used continuously down through the ages since those times. So, since the composition of Psalms 2,500 years ago, until now, the book of Psalms is one of the most commonly used book. The book of Psalms, traditionally called Psalms of David, although many of them came from other authors, and authors after David, of later time. Almost every aspect of worship and almost all conditions of man's soul before God are found expressed in the book of Psalms. For example, praising God, thanksgiving, repentance, intercession, blessing, rejoicing, petitioning, lamenting, questioning, or even complaining, you will find all these things in the book of Psalms. The Septuagint, because Septuagint is the version of the Old Testament used by the Orthodox Church. And actually, if you study the quotes in the New Testament from the Old Testament and you compare it with the Old Testament you will find these quotes are taken from the Septuagint not from the Masoretic text New King James or Authorized King James that's commonly used now is is taken from a text called Masoretic, 
different from the Septuagint. The quotes in the New Testament from the Old Testament is taken from the Septuagint, not from the Masoretic text. The Septuagint Psalter, Book of Psalms, differs in several respects from the Masoretic text. And as I said, the Masoretic text is the basis for King James Version and modern English translations of the Bible. They are different, especially in numbering. And this table in front of you explains how numbers are different. On, on your uh, left side is the Hebrew, and on your right side is the Septuagint. So Psalm 1 to 8 is exactly in the Hebrew-like Septuagint. Psalm 9 in the Septuagint is divided into two psalms in the Hebrew, 9 and 10. Then you will find, because of this, one different number, one difference in number from Psalm 10 to 112. For example, Psalm 10, in the Hebrew, it will be 11. Psalm 50, that we are commonly used in the Agbeya, in the Hebrew is 51. Psalm 112 in the Hebrew is 113. Then, 113 in Septuagint is split into two Psalms, 114 and 115. That's why from Psalm it's corrected in, in Psalm 114 and 115, it will be 116 in the Hebrew. So we'll go back to one numbered indifference. Then from 116 in Hebrew to 145, you will find them 117 to 146. For example, the very common psalm in the Agbeya, 119, 118, the long psalms that we pray in the Agbeya, you will find it in the Hebrew 119. Then it will be corrected because the two Psalms, 146 and 147, they are combined together in the Hebrew, and they are 147. That's why from 148 to 50, exactly like the Hebrews. So this table explains the differences between the Hebrews, Hebrew and Septuagint. Septuagint has also Psalm 151, the psalm that we chanted in the Apocalypse night, this psalm did not exist from the Masoretic text. Also, in addition to considerable textual differences, the Septuagint and Masoretic versions of the Psalter differ most obviously in their chapter divisions, as I explained now. And this can cause confusion to readers who do not understand the differences between the two versions. 
For example, we know Psalm 50, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your great mercy. If you go to the Bible that you are using and you look at Psalm 50, you will find totally different. So if you don't understand that this Psalm 50 in the Septuagint, because the Igbe is taken from the Septuagint, is 51 in the Bible, you will be confused. Also, you will find numerous Psalm quotations in the New Testament. Why? Because the book of Psalms was the book of prayer in the first church. As St. Paul said, when you assemble together, let each one of you has his own psalm. And until now, the Psalms is so predominant in the Orthodox worship. See how many Psalms we, we, we pray in the Agbeya? and in the liturgy to the extent that St. John Chrysostom said wherever one looks in the church he finds the Psalms first, last and central in the beginning in the middle and at the end many of the Psalms are centered in the religious ritual of Jerusalem Temple. For example, the Psalm of Ascents, when they were ascending the mountain to worship. But other Psalms recount to us God's saving work in the history of Israel, how God saved them, for example, from the slavery in Egypt. Other Psalms are prophecies about events yet to come, especially prophecies about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ in his ministry quoted many psalms. For example, he quoted Psalm 8 on Hosanna Sunday. From the mouth of the babes and nursing infant, you have made praise. He quoted Psalm 110 when he spoke about his divinity, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. On the cross, he actually quoted Psalm 22, my God, my God, why you have forsaken me? So he cried out with the words of Psalm. Why this Psalm in particular? Because when you read Psalm 22, it describes the crucifixion of the Lord and his ultimate salvation of the world. Why we are studying the book of Psalms? What is the goal? What do we want to reach? Many of us use the Agbeya and we don't understand the Psalms that we are reading. For example, by the river of Babylon, we were seated, we cried when we remember Jerusalem. What's Babylon and when we cry and what's Jerusalem? What the psalm is talking about? So when you pray the hours of the Agbeya, some also may find the word of psalms not understandable. I don't understand the meaning of it. Or sometimes uncomfortable. And for example, uh, David in the psalm 
in, in we pray it in the sixth hour of the Agbeya. Uh, he says, incline your ear to me, O Lord, because I am righteous. So some people say, I am seeking repentance. How I say before God that I am righteous? I'm not. Also, other Psalms, we speak about how we will smite and grind to dust those who work iniquity. Say, no. The Bible tells us, love your enemy. How in the book of Psalms, I pray while I'm standing before God and say, smite and grind to dust those who work iniquity. So, some of us object these parts of the book of Psalms because for us, these parts seem to contradict the divine law of love taught by Christ. But we need to know that, for example, when we speak about righteousness, we not speak in frightful sense, but it means I am trying to walk in the right way. Help me, O Lord, incline your ear to me. I want to walk in the right way. That's my goal, but I cannot. So help me incline your ear toward me in order to be able to walk in the right way. That is the meaning of it. So when we finish the study and we understand the book of Psalms, it will be easy for us when we pray. Any psalm speak about our enemies or smiting one enemies, we are not speaking about individual people or human beings. But we are speaking about the power of evil behind them, about our spiritual enemies. So smiting my enemies and grinding them into dust, it is about how to overcome through the power of prayer and fasting and the armor of righteousness, how to defeat Satan, how to crush Satan under our feet. So, some people, because they don't understand, they say, I'm not comfortable to pray this psalm, so they eliminate them. But this is not right. It would be much better to seek the meaning of these psalms and the context contained therein. So this will expand our appreciation and understanding of the psalms. So the goal of this study, that's why after I finished the New Testament, the first book I chose from the Old Testament was the book of Psalms. Because we read it every day in the Agbeya. And I want you, when you read the Agbeya, you understand what you are talking about. The title of the book, it's called Book of Psalms. And according to Oxford Dictionary, the word psalm means song, poem, or prayer that praises God. The word psalm is pronounced with silent P. We don't say psalm, but we say psalm. 
and it comes from Greek word psalms, which means song, song that is sung to a harp, and its root psalim, which means play a stringed instrument. And the Hebrew word for psalm is mizmur. And you know, Hebrew and Arabic are similar to each other because both of them are Semitic languages. In Arabic, it's called mazmur. In Hebrew, mizmur. Mizmur means a poem or a song whose singing is accompanied with an instrument, particularly harp. فتلاقوا حتى بالعربي المزمار والمزمور. The Hebrew name of the book of Psalms Tehillim, which means praises or hymns. It is called the book of Psalms, but commonly we refer to this book by Psalms or Psalter. Psalter. This book is a collection of psalms, psalms that are divinely inspired, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Although these psalms were composed at several times, upon several occasions, but they were put together without any reference to or dependence on one another. So you cannot say Psalm 50 dependent on Psalm 49. No, it's just a collection. So, they were preserved from being scattered or lost. That's why they put them together in this book. And we're in so much greater readiness for the service of the church. And the book of Psalms is used in every service, in every worship in the church. That is the title of the book. But many times you will find title to each psalm. At the beginning of the psalm, you find a title. So now we'll speak about the titles of the psalms. More than hundred psalms, there is a prefix titles. So not each psalm has a title. And the title usually has one or more of the following. Direction to the musician, for example, to the chief musician. So now it's a direction to, to the musician on a stringed instrument. So this song should be sung with a stringed instrument or on the flute or on the harp. So number one in the title, you will find direction to the musician. Number two, the name of the author, a psalm of David, for example, psalm of Moses, Asaph. Number three, the name of an instrument. Yesterday we were studying uh, Psalm 6, and he said specifically, eight stringed instrument. So not any instrument, but an instrument that had eight strings. Then it may have the style 
of the music or the pottery. And sometimes the subject or occasion, for example, when David was escaping from his son Absalom. So you can find all these things or part of it in the title of the psalm. Many of the psalms carry the names of individuals. And the one who wrote most of the psalms is David. But other names include Asaph, sons of Korah, Solomon, Moses, Ethan, the Israelite, and Heman, the Israelite. Actually, 116 psalms out of the 150 have individual titles. And the title can range from a lengthy comment to just a single word. 116 out of 151. As I said, who are the authors? Usually we say Psalms of David. And even in the New Testament, when they refer to the book of Psalms, like in Luke chapter 20, verse 42, they refer to it as Psalms of David. And his name appearing in more titles than any other writer. In the titles of the 116, his name of David is more than any other author. David actually wrote 74 psalms. And also, he chanted them while he was playing the harp, as we read in 1 Samuel chapter 16, from verse 18 to 23. That's why David was called the sweet psalmist of Israel. The sweet psalmist of Israel. David had unusual gifts as a poet. He composed all these beautiful psalms and also was a lover of the liturgy, of the worship. He arranged in the liturgy, in the worship, he arranged the service of singing in the sanctuary, as you read in details in First Chronicles chapter 6, 31, 16, 7, 25, 1. So he is the one who arranged the how psalms uh, and the music is used in the sanctuary. 24 psalms are ascribed to Asaph and to the sons of Korah as well as to Heman and Ethan. Moses wrote Psalm 90, 9-0. One or two Psalms may be written by Solomon. Then we'll have 49 Psalms without name. And they are called orphan Psalms because we don't know who the author. But the scholars said from when they compared the text itself 
they said maybe David also have written some of these 49 Psalms. The characteristic of the book. This book was originally the hymn book of God's people. Like when we try to sing any song, a spiritual Christian song, we have hymns book. So this was the hymns book for the people of Israel. And some psalms were composed for liturgical use in the temple, in the worship in the Old Testament. And until now, Alleluia Fai Baby is a psalm. Ni is a psalm, Psalm 116. Others for private lives, people they prayed in their own inner room. And at the same time, they were used for communal worship. Like when we gather and we pray midnight prayer together. Some people said, of course, that's wrong, what I'm going to mention right now. Some scholars believe that the Psalter was not intended for use in the temple worship. Why? They say the deep spirituality of this book refutes this idea. They said this deep spirituality is connected only with individualism in worship. So they said this book should not be used in public worship, but you can use it only in your home. But that's not right. Because the early church communal worship was not separated from the personal worship. And I remember when I was in the monastery, our spiritual guide told us, your prayer in yourself will feed your prayer in the church. And your prayer in the church will feed your prayer in yourself. So the believer, wherever he is, in a church or in his private room, practice one kind of worship. It's not in my room, I have deep spirituality, but here in the church, superficial spirituality. Uh, so, as the book contains 151 independent compositions, it's not subject of any logical analysis. For example, you cannot say Psalm 1 to 15 speak about this, from 15 to 25 speaks about this. You cannot uh, try to make logic of the order of these Psalms. It's just a collection. But the Jews just divide it into five books, corresponding to the five books of, of Moses. So the first book from Psalm 1 to 42, second book from 43 to 72, third book from 73 to 89, fourth book from 90 to 106, fifth book from 107 to 150. Many of the scholars attempted to discover in this division, these five books, some critical or practical value, but they couldn't find anything. Critiques have placed the largest 
number of psalms in four periods of history. They try to arrange it to arrange the psalm like in four periods of history. Before captivity, during captivity, from captivity to Maccabees, and then in the Maccabean age. But still within limits because it is very, very difficult, almost next to impossible, to decide on the precise date of each psalm. That's why even this classification did not work. The psalms have a form and a character unique to its themselves. So each psalm has a character unique to itself. All of them are poetical. All of them are lyrical. There is words or songs adapted to musical instruments. So like poem, sha'ar. And they are all religious relics. And they are designed to use in the sanctuary worship. In spite of their individual varieties of style and subject, but all of them constitute consistent system of moral truth. So you will, find, you will not find contradiction in the moral principles in these psalms, regardless of the author or the time or the occasion in which it was written. Because the real author of the book of Psalms, who is the Holy Spirit. The Psalms express the experience of God's people in all ages. The book of Psalms is considered the prayer and praises manual of the Christian church even today. And because it is experience of God's people in all ages, as I told you in the beginning, it is very easy to find a Psalm that Describe your condition right now. Very easy. The personal history of the authors, especially the personal history of David, in its spiritual aspect, is that of all of us. Because David went through difficult time, victorious time, happy time, sad time. He was complaining. He was giving praise. He was giving thanks to God. So. All these conditions that David went through, all of us we go through. You will find some vague words in the book of Psalms, like Silah. Silah actually, this word appears 73 times. What is the meaning of Silah? Silah is either direction to musicians. Or to time in which the psalm was to be sung. Other scholars said Silam is derived from a Hebrew word salah, meaning to lift up or to raise. So the music or the voice rises at this indicated point. So, like you know, in, in, in our spiritual songs, uh, for example, you go with certain tone and then you go up and then you go down again. So they said with Silah, it goes up. 
uh, or perhaps the congregation rises or lift up their hands, head or eyes as active worship. If we said salah means salah, prayer, so at this moment people lift their heads or uh, hands in worship toward God. The book of Psalms is the book of all who are in need. If I am sick or suffering, if I am poor or needy, if I am in prison or exiled, if I am in danger or persecuted, I will find a psalm that describes my condition in the book of Psalms. And the book of Psalms expresses the life of prayer. In our prayer, sometimes we are very grateful and we give thanks to God. Sometimes we feel we are in hardship, so we supplicate and we present our petitions to God. So there is a balance between thanksgiving and supplication for God's help. All the Psalms voice the inner feeling of human heart in every age, happy, sad, angry, disappointed. Many scholars said that the Psalms were often sung by a professional choir and very elaborate orchestra. So professional people were chanting the Psalm and then the people just say Amen or make some occasional responses. But in the Catholic Church, until now, the congregation is divided into two choirs, Northern and Southern. And they participate in singing the Psalms and hymns, like the second host and the fourth host. These are Psalms, and how we chant them, the Northern choir say one verse, and then the Southern choir respond to it. Also, the historical summaries of the Psalms are richly instructive. We can learn many, many things from the historical summary of the Book of Psalms. The Book of Psalms recorded to us how God chose the patriarchs Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the suffering of Israel in Egypt, their exodus from Egypt, how they tempted God in the wilderness of Sinai, their rebellions, their devastation in the wilderness, how they settled in Canaan, the promised land, how they started to go back to their old ways, how God restored them. And also the book of Psalms provide illustrations of God's divine authority over his people. God has authority, he is sovereign over people, either individually or collectively, tending to exalt his wonderful grace and lower our pride. Also in the book of Psalms you will find promises and prophecies connected with these summaries. Uh, <clears throat> uh, prophecies about the Lord Jesus Christ or promises until now that God will be with me and will deliver me from any hardship. For example, prophecies, 
you will find prophecies of the Messiah and his kingdom either in the person of David himself or in the text. David was God's chosen servant to rule the people as Christ was the chosen of the Father to rule us in his kingdom. David actually was a lineal ancestor to the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus, according to the flesh, son of David, and he is son of God. David is a symbol of Christ. In his official relation, both in suffering and in triumph, David was defeated as the Lord died on the cross. And David became victorious as the Lord defeated death. In some of the Psalms, David uses language to describe his feeling that only finds its full meaning in the feeling of Christ. When David said, for example, he who ate my bread lifted his heel against me. This actually, this feeling and how he felt about this described the condition of our Lord Jesus Christ about Judas who ate from the table of the Lord and then he betrayed him. Also great prophetic themes which run throughout this book are quoted in the New Testament. Many, many themes quoted in the New Testament, especially in the letters of St. Paul. Even the Lord Jesus Christ himself said in Luke chapter 24, verse 44, when he was speaking to the disciple of Amwes, all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Which means the book of Psalms had many prophecies about the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the significance of this book? Book of Psalms. In the Orthodox Church, the Psalms are understood as having their deepest and most genuine spiritual meaning in the terms of Christ and his mission of eternal salvation. So, the book of Psalms, if you want to understand it, applied on the the Lord Jesus Christ and his mission in his salvation. The one actually who connected most of the Psalms with the Lord Jesus Christ is St. Augustine. When you read his commentary on the book of Psalms, in an amazing way, he could, each psalm he connected with the Lord Jesus Christ. For example, the psalm which refers to king is reference to Christ's exaltation and glorification at the right hand of God, and he became our king. Your throne, O Lord, is forever. That is what we chant on Good Friday. The psalm which refers to the deliverance of Israel from Egypt. This is reference to Christ's redemption of the whole world and how he delivered us from the hand of Satan. Psalms calling for victory over enemies in battle refer victory over our real enemy, the devil, Satan, and all his wicked works which Christ came to destroy. 
So any son, if you try to uh, apply it to the Lord Jesus Christ and his work in us, his eternal salvation, you can understand the psalm better. Babylon. Babylon represents the kingdom of Satan. That's why when we sat on the river of Babylon, means when we're in the land of sin, in the kingdom of Satan. We cried when we remembered Jerusalem, because Jerusalem signifies the eternal kingdom of God. The psalm which lamented the innocent suffering of the righteous. When some psalms, like Psalm 73, why the righteous are suffering, psalm of Asaph, and the plea to the Lord himself and to all those with him who are poor and needy, who rise up to rule the earth on the day of judgment. So, these psalms present our case here who are poor and needy, poor in spirit and need of his grace and who are waiting for God in the second coming actually his justice will be prevailed. So the book of psalms will remain forever divinely inspired song book of prayer for all God's people. especially when you try to apply it on the Messiah. That's why it's a big loss when you pray without the book of Psalms. It's a big loss when you don't use the Agbeya in your prayer. Let me conclude by what St. Basil the Great said about the function of the book of Psalms in the Orthodox Christian spiritual life. St. Basil the Great said, When the Holy Spirit saw that the human race was guided only with difficulty toward virtue. So the Holy Spirit saw we need guidance toward virtue, how to live virtuous life. And that because of our inclination toward the pleasure. And we naturally were inclined toward the pleasure of the world. We were neglectful of an upright life. So the conclusion, we are in need of guidance and naturally we are inclined to the pleasures of the world. So what is the outcome of this? We became neglectful of upright life. So St. Basil said, what did the Holy Spirit do? So, he wants us to, to be delighted. So, the delight of melody, he mingled with the doctrines. All of us would like to sing. So, the Holy Spirit mingled singing with the doctrine. So when we sing the Psalms, we learn, even without noticing, the delight of melody he mingled with the doctrines so that by the pleasantness, pleasant, 
and softness of the sound heard we might receive without perceiving it the benefit of the words. So even without you are noticing or without making an effort to understand the word, because when you, you hear the chanting, the singing itself, and you learn the song, so you will benefit from the word. So the Holy Spirit, like a wise physician, when giving a fastidious, rather bitter drug to, to drink, you know, if the drug is bitter to taste, nobody will be able to take it. That's why they make it sweet. Frequently smear the cup with honey in order to be able to take the drug. So, the discipline that we need, how we learn the virtue, the Holy Spirit composed it in the Psalms, that when we chant these Psalms, we will learn, as if he is giving us the medicine with honey. Therefore, St. Basil continues and says, Therefore, he devised for us this harmonious melodies of the Psalms. So the Holy Spirit inspired David, Asaph, uh, Heman with this harmonious melodies of Psalm. That they who are children in age, even the little children in age, or those who are useful in disposition, might to all appearance chant. Anybody like to, to ch- the little children, they learn the fourth canticle, the second canticle, easy. So they learn the book of Psalm might to all appearance chant but in reality became trained in the soul so the the main purpose how to be trained in the soul that's the end of the quote of saint Basil the great i hope with this introduction all of us we, we became zealous to understand and to study the book of psalms so that when we pray we pray with understanding Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.